Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Wisden Ashes Daily Podcast, brought to you by Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of exciting memories since 1979. Just how are you supposed to get Steve Smith out? Australia batted without much alarm for most of day four to leave England with the unlikely task of chasing 398 to win the first Ashes Test match. I'm Yazrana and this evening I'm joined on the phone by the magazine editor of the Wisden Cricket Monthly magazine, Joe Harmon. Joe, today was the third time Steve Smith has been dismissed in the 140s in his last 10 Ashes innings. He's got a problem, hasn't he? <laughs> he really, really has. Uh, more to the point, England have got a, a, a massive problem. Um, this is the first test of the series, and his first first-class match for 16 months, not just a test match, first-class match. So if he's batting like this now, um, God only knows how well he'll bat when he's actually got his, got his eye in uh, concerning times. I don't think I've ever seen a batsman look so difficult to get out in England. I think that's probably fair and the thing is as well it's not just that he looks difficult to get out it's actually the rate he was scoring at I mean he, he, he went quite slowly in the first innings as he had to because he was digging his team out of a massive hole he scored really fluently uh, yesterday and, and continued that today um, he just he's so I mean it's just we've, we've been through it all before but he's just so hard to bowl to and there is that channel outside off stumps that in theory you're more likely to get him out if you bowl, bowl in there but it's still such an uphill challenge and, and some of these bowlers have, have tried to get him out so many times now uh, it must be so dispiriting to see him standing there at the other end uh, immovable uh, with another hundred on the board yeah and and the thing for me is well I, I think seeing Smith back like that looking so um, just so so comfortable at the crease must give so much confidence to the rest of the Australian batsmen as well thinking well we can handle these bowlers we can handle this pitch because he just looks so so comfortable out there. Over the last four years, there's been a lot of chat about the big four in Test cricket: Williamson, Coley, Root, and Smith. But it, there's only a, there's a big one. I think he's so far ahead of the rest in Test cricket. Yeah, I, I guess so. But the thing is, you could you could see Williamson having a series like Smith is is having here. You go I in Coley last summer was was batting for, in, in a different kind of manner. He didn't look quite as a mover as Smith, but. 
you would have to say all things weighed up that, that Smith is out ahead on his own and, and especially when he's saying he didn't didn't look in great touch at, at the World Cup and, and 50 over cricket obviously isn't isn't his strength even though he is very good at it um, but we've just there's it, also it struck me that this is kind of ultra Steve Smith that we're looking at here all everything seems to be exaggerated that even the fidgets the kind of technical oddities and the run making is just Smith at extreme uh, and England haven't got any answer for it at the moment I just wanted to talk about his, his technique a little bit because everyone knows that he's got his own unique style of batting with all those quirky mannerisms but today was the first time I truly appreciated just how bonkers his technique is so I was taking uh, slow motion videos on my phone of his batting stance against pace I think his setup's actually fairly conventional against spin and there was one ball delivered by Wokes when Smith was on 108 a four stump line good length at the point of release Smith's bat is pointing towards backward point not even the slip cordon his left shoulder is pointing towards mid on mid wicket even his whole body is generally lined that way and the most crazy thing is that his left foot is way outside leg stump and a different post go to his right foot it's like how a how a batsman in a t20s faces up when they're trying to hit the ball over the offside to give themselves room it's so extreme I wonder if he's literally rewriting the coaching manual in front of us with every hundred he scores well possibly in that when he is so much far ahead of everyone else in terms of batting average there is a kind of sense well, well should, should other people be copying him but then but then how how do you do that and there's also there's been this feeling that well it works for Smith when he's in in good nick but it's all going to fall apart desperately when he's not in good touch but he's always in good touch. In six he years. <laughs> he, just, he just doesn't have thumbs. And it is telling. I mean, this is... I think this pitch was absolutely made for him. Stuart Broad said after... I think it was after day one that bowling to Steve Smith on slowish pitches like this is just so, so difficult. And and it really takes some options out to, to dismiss him. And, and it, yeah, he just... there's. It seems to be like... He just looks so confident in everything that he's doing that it just must be hugely, hugely spiriting for England to, to try and work out a way of dismissing him. And, and basically, if they, can't, if they can't get him out, they're not going to be able to, to win matches because they can't just be getting the other person out at the end all the way through this series. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I've no suggestions really how to, how to fix this problem other than hope for a slightly quicker pitch, maybe trying to test them at the short ball with, with more than they have done so far. It's, I think it's all set for, for Joffre on debut. Uh, at Lords to be England saviour, but but Smith was how frustrating was it to have him out there in the field today, unable to bowl? It was yeah. like, oh god! If you want to give anyone the ball right now, it's Joffre, and he's, yeah. he's standing there at mid on. Um, Smith wasn't the only centurion today. Matthew Wade scored his first Ashes century, his third Test ton overall, in his first Test match in two years. He scored a lot of runs in Australian domestic cricket, um, but English fans might have been wondering what all the hype was about. But today he was really good. He was really good. Um, he kind of seemed to feed off the confidence of Smith and also Travis Head, who deserves a, a mention as well. Um, first Test 100 for, for six years, I think it was, uh, for Wade coming back into the side. There was a bit of a chat after he got out cheaply on, on day one, um, had Australia missed a trick by playing the extra batsman and, and not playing Mitchell Marsh. And I think we saw today that playing a kind of bits and pieces cricketer without much of a test record ahead of the informed batsman in domestic cricket in Australia would have, would have made no sense. And uh, yeah, he, he batted beautifully today, uh, scored again quite quickly. England really today just struggled to keep a lid on things and not having Anderson there obviously meant more workload for the rest of the bowlers, which was unhelpful. Uh, but more than anything, Anderson would just be able to tie up an end in the way that the rest of the guys uh, struggled to do so, particularly Mo and Ali. 
that was that was probably uh, the most concerning thing for England. It, I mean, the pitch was was good for batting. It was quite slow, as, you, as you've alluded to. Um, but Australia went over four and over pretty much the entire day. From from a, from a spin bowler's point of view, the, the pitch was turning a considerable turn. And Moeen didn't bowl great today. He bowled more beamers than than he took wickets. Do you, do you think his do you think his lo- loss of confidence in his batting has affected his bowling? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Ben Gardner wrote an excellent piece for Wisdom.com talking about Mo and Ali as a kind of unique all-rounder in the sense that he's never been particularly good at batting well and bowling well in the same matches or even the same series. But I think what we're seeing with Moen's batting now is such an extreme that it can't not be taking its toll on his confidence overall. Uh, there was a, quite, there was a few theories today in the press box that that maybe he was uh, sorry in the commentary box that perhaps he's got an injury. Perhaps that's why there wasn't quite the snap in his action and why he wasn't putting so many revs on the ball. But perhaps that is just lack of confidence. And and he is still, despite having been a Test bowler for a number of years now. He doesn't have the kind of the muscle memory. It's not instinctive to him in the way that the batting is, although it might not look like that at the moment. Um, and when he struggles to form, he, he often doesn't seem to know exactly where to go. Um, and I think he, he struggles when he when he knows it's his responsibility on a spinning pitch to bowl a side out. He's not done it too often for England. He's often done it in conditions where we haven't necessarily expected him to do that well, and he's chipped in with three or four wickets. And especially with Steve Smith, I mean, the, the stat doing the rounds that he only averages what, 34 against left-arm spin, yeah. I think, in test cricket. It is tempting, despite Moen Ali's fantastic bowling record over the last year and very respectable record over his career, to think Steve Smith is so important to this Australian side. Is it worth picking Leach? Uh, not that he's just going to clean up Steve Smith, obviously, but I think Moen Ali is averaging high 60s against Australia with the ball in test cricket now compared to low 30s as a career average. There is obviously a problem there, and... Uh, I mean, it's a big call just because Australia do have four lefties in their top six and Moeen is a, is a very good bowler against left-handers. Yeah, and there is, there's logic on either side and it really depends on... I think the England camp will know what his confidence levels are like and, and, make, and make a call on that. I'm by no means saying that Moeen should be discarded from this side and, and forgotten about as, as quite a few people are on Twitter. And it does feel like with Moeen that for whatever reason people are very quick to stick the boot in where they aren't perhaps with, with some other players uh, but I do I just think it, this isn't as though we're just like well right we need a left arm spinner who's the best left arm spinner going oh it's Jack Leach this is a guy who's taken stacks of wickets in county cricket for year after year after year now uh, is knocking hard on the door showed against Ireland not with the ball but that he's got a kind of he's got some bottle about him and that would relish the opportunity so I'm not, I'm not saying emphatically Leach should come in from Owen Alley but I think it's got to come into strong consideration and perhaps just give him a little breather it's been shown in Moen's career when he's had a little time out and then come back in that he's come back stronger and I, I hope he can do that again that's that's, that's pretty reasonable um, Joe Denley and Joe Root bowled uh, 26 overs between them today there were periods of the day where Denley was arguably, arguably England's most threatening bowler but there were a few odd bits of captaincy from Root I thought Wokes didn't bowl in the entirety of the first session just bowled 7 overs overall across the entire day uh, Root started with himself with a fairly new ball off the tee. Joe Denley bowling to Wade when Wade had just come to the crease and under pressure after the first innings. I thought the fields to Moeen were a bit weird. Can you explain any of those? Do you, do you agree that Root didn't have the best day in the field? Well, I guess you can't really argue with how the game went. So in that sense, things didn't work for Root. Uh, so questions will be asked. I thought, I don't know, I thought Denley did look dangerous. I thought he looked, I mean, 
worryingly, Moen looked the least dangerous of the three spinners comfortably, I thought, across the day. Um, so I can understand why, why Denley was used as much as he was. Um, he, looked, he was obviously trying to hit those foot marks against the left-handers. There is some logic there as well. Uh, I thought Root bowled really well before T, having not brought him on, himself on quick enough. Then it was a bit odd that he bowled himself with the new ball. Uh, but I could still potentially see where it's going. I, I, I wouldn't be too harsh on my criticism of Root today. I think it was just a really tough day where Smith set the tone. Um, England are a bowler down. All for that matter as well. I mean, people were saying Archer should have played this test. Imagine if Archer had played as well with an injury concern mm. uh, around him. England could have been in, in desperate, desperate trouble at this point. Um, so, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't criticise him too too heavily on on that. I just think it was a really tough day at the office. And these are the days that you, you have in test cricket uh, and you have them quite frequently if you're playing against Steve Smith. England got to the end of the day reasonably comfortably. Joe, how do you see day five going? Um, well... It's a bit kind of heart versus head here. I thought that they, I thought you're right. I think they did bat out those last few overs quite comfortably. Burns just suddenly looks so so confident in a way that we it's the complete opposite of what we saw against Ireland and, and the latter part of that Caribbean tour. Um, so in that sense, you'd hope that and and the way Australia batted today, you'd think, well, this is a pitch that England can bat out a final day on, but it's not a side that's really built for that. It's not a side that's done it very often or at all really uh, it's also not a thing that happens in test cricket much these days you don't see sides batting out day five very frequently and you really don't see it very frequently in England I, there was a stat earlier which I've forgotten but I think it was like one draw in the last 33 test matches wow. in England or something like that I might have just made it up and you look down that England lineup, and there's some fantastic stroke makers there uh, but there's not a huge amount of people you'd, you'd back to just bat 100 balls um, and, and sticking and, and getting them that draw, particularly when you think if they get England five down, the way best they're mowing the bang at the moment, you'd think it might be seven down quite rapidly. Nathan Lyon looked pretty threatening towards the end of the day. Bizarrely, his career average in the fourth innings of a test match is worse than in any other innings. But that That's might... right. That's interesting. Yeah, that is, it is weird. I think that just might be a odd statistical quirk. I, I looking forward to tomorrow. I, I think Lyon could take could run through England, uh, kind of because of what you said as well. Um, I think the the top order could do all right, but I just can't see the entire eleven batting through a day. No, it's, and it's not. No, and as we've said, it's not. It's not a thing that naturally comes to them. That's not to say they can't do it. Stokes is a naturally aggressive player, but has shown that he can stick in and bat for long periods. He's got the technique to do that, um, Rory. But I, what I think needs to happen tomorrow is they can't have. A, bits and pieces players doing kind of getting 30 and 40 and batting for kind of 20, 30 overs. They need two or three batsmen to, to really stand up and bat for a very long time because as Smith and then Wade showed that if you get in on this pitch, you get properly in, you're very hard to dislodge. If England lose wickets at kind of fairly regular intervals, it's very hard for the next person to dig in, especially if it's going to be turning as sharply as it was uh, with Lions a couple of overs at the end of play today. Well, we're all set for a, for a brilliant final day. I must admit, I didn't think we'd get this far. This has been the Wisden Ashes Daily Podcast, brought to you by Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of exciting memories since 1979. Cheers, Joe. Cheers, yes. See you next time, folks. Cheers. Podcast Network.